Hi there, and welcome back to Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, January 14th, 2024, which is the second Sunday after Epiphany. We'll begin our time together with a reading from the first book of Samuel, beginning in the third chapter. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, 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 and Samuel said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down, and if he calls you again, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The Word of the Lord. Dear God, may only your truth be spoken and only your truth be heard. Amen. Well, hi there, everyone. My mother was the youngest of five daughters born to Irish immigrants to Canada. My mom's oldest sister was 18 years old when my mom was born. My aunt's name was Agnes, and she was a kind woman of modest education with a simple yet profound faith. She never married, and like many such women of her time, she lived at home with her parents well into adulthood. When we were kids, ours was the first house in the family to have air conditioning installed. Because of this, my maternal grandmother and my Aunt Agnes would often come and stay at our house during the really hot days of July and August. The age gap between my aunt and my mother meant that when these two women came to stay at our house, it was like having two grandmothers staying with us, sometimes for days or weeks at a time. During these visits, I have fond memories of my aunt sitting at my bedside in the evening, reading to us until we fell asleep. In keeping with her faith, these bedtime stories were often lifted off the pages of scripture. We heard one of those stories today, which is found in the beginning of the first book of Samuel. Although this story is found early on in the book of Samuel, it comes with a fair bit of backstory. Samuel's mom was a lady named Hannah, and his dad was a man named Elkanah. For a long time, and despite great difficulty, we are told that Hannah really wanted to become a mom. We are told that, one day, she went to the temple in Jerusalem and begged God to allow her to have a child. In exchange, 
She promised that if God granted her request, she would raise the child to do great things for God. The story unfolds in Hannah's favor, and she devotes her son to a life serving God in the temple. That all forms the backdrop to what we heard read today. As we enter the scene today, we read about young Samuel lying asleep in his room in the temple when he is woken by a voice calling his name. Thinking that the voice is Eli the priest, young Samuel goes and wakes the old man up. Eli denies any knowledge of what the young boy is talking about. This scenario plays out a total of three times before the nearly blind Eli catches on. Could it be? Might it actually be God speaking in the temple? Listening to Eli's instructions, little Samuel returns to bed. When he hears his name called the fourth time, Samuel's response is rewarded by a conversation with the divine. That conversation revealed that God was about to do something new, and it would begin right there in the temple when God went after exploitation that Eli had allowed to fester within the temple. Samuel was to be a part of this new thing that God was doing and would eventually become one of Israel's greatest prophets. Samuel would also play a key role in the transition from the biblical judges to the nation of Israel being united under the reign of King Saul. Samuel would again be instrumental in the monarchy's transition from Saul to David. If we listen carefully to this story, it is absolutely saturated in irony. The story opens by saying that the word of the Lord was rare in those days and that visions were not widespread. We are also told that, at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room, and that Samuel, who did not yet know the Lord, and that the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. When we combine these facts, an interesting picture comes into focus. The one person who had spent his entire life in and around the temple, and who should have been poised to have an encounter with God, missed out on the opportunity. And yet, God appeared to a young boy that we're told did not yet know God. God had the boy deliver an indictment against Eli for having allowed his sons to abuse their office and the temple. Of course, that was just the beginning of what would become a lifelong collaboration between Samuel and God. This all brings us to a very familiar question. How can we engage with this story in a practical way in our own modern time? Both Eli and Samuel serve as a reminder to be attentive not only to what God is doing in the world, but also to what God is calling us to do in our own lives. In the portion of 1 Samuel, which immediately precedes what we have read today, we are told that Eli, the priest, was unable to recognize the authenticity of Hannah's prayer and had mistaken it for drunkenness. Then, of course, there's the issue of Eli allowing his sons to disgrace the temple offices. Eli failed to appropriately exercise the office to which he had been called. While you and I may not be called to the same work that Eli was called to, we each have been called to something. And this text reminds us to exercise that role with diligence and integrity. 
In comparison, we have the young boy Samuel, who would have been about four or five years old at the time of this story. Although Samuel lacked Eli's life experience, and although he had nowhere near Eli's level of training or education, the young boy was still attentive and obedient to God's call. Now, I'd like to put my language geek hat on for just a moment. The English word obey comes from a Latin word, obedio, which means I obey. That same root word can also be translated as I watch and wait, or I attend to. Samuel offers us a helpful reminder that we can attend to the things of God even from a young age and even before he had become fully engaged with God. In fact, there are countless examples of God calling people who often have more questions than they have answers. Centuries before Samuel, the great Hebrew patriarch Moses had a similar divine encounter in which God called Moses to lead the people of Israel. Moses replied by arguing with God about his own worthiness. Centuries after Samuel, our gospel reading for today describes Jesus inviting Philip and Nathanael to join in on the new thing that he was about to do. Not unlike Moses, Nathanael replied by referring to Jesus and asking if anything good can come from Nazareth. Now, an old saying reminds us that God does not call the equipped, but equips those that God calls. Today, we are reminded that we don't have to have all the answers, all the right qualifications, and we don't have to be the perfect candidate for the job. What is required is that we each listen carefully, be attentive, and be willing to respond to the things that God is calling us to do and to be. Let's pray. Almighty God in Christ, you make all things new. Transform the poverty of our nature by the riches of your grace, and in the renewal of our lives, make known your heavenly glory. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.